0: Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there exists a state of cosmic civil war. A brave alliance of underground freedom fighters has challenged the tyranny and oppression of the awesome Galactic Empire. This is their story. Lucasfilm presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 55, Star Wars, Issue 11, cover date May 1978. Hello, time travelers. It's me, Ben. Ben Avery, and I have to say I'm excited about some Star Wars. Uh, Is it because of this issue that I'm going to be talking about in this episode? No. No, it's not. Is it possibly a a movie? Episode 7 that just came out? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Episode 7, I have seen it. I have recorded a couple different podcasts about it. You can find those over at, at Stranger's. And Aliens.com. Uh, but that movie has got me excited about. Well it just got me excited about a lot of different things to be honest. And one of them is Star Wars comics. And the other one is. Just science fiction in, in general. I think uh, Star Wars. It has that effect. Star Wars has that effect on not just me. But on, on I, I think a lot of people have that feeling. Where they see a, a fun adventure. In something like Star Wars or really any of the star wars movies that, that people like and it just wants um it creates a desire to, to want more and yeah so I'm, I'm just excited about some good science fiction movies and i'm not sure what i'm going to actually try and find or, or or dive into right now uh other than well i'm planning on diving into 1978 i i can tell that right now um I've done so. I've gone back in time. This episode, we are beginning the cover date coverage of May 1978. Uh, these issues all came out in February of 1978 that I'll be covering in in the next few few sections here. Uh, for today, we'll be looking at uh, Star Wars number 11, which uh, hit shelves uh, February 7th, 1978. In upcoming segments, though, we will be talking about Godzilla number 10, which has a story called Godzilla versus Yetrigar and human fly. Number nine, which has a story called and daredevil makes three man from Atlantis. Number four, a story called the killer spores, which I kind of laughed at uh, when I read the blurb for what was coming next. When I read the last issue since then, I've discovered that actually it's based on a script from the TV show. We'll get to that. Uh, John Carter, issue number 12, City of Skulls, and then we'll also be looking at uh, Devil Dinosaur number two and Machine Man number two when we get to the, the Ben's Bullpen Bulletin segment. For now, though, this segment that we're about to jump into, it, we're going to be talking about Star Wars number 11, a story uh, that promises to, to give us some information about Luke Skywalker. And... I I'm going to avoid spoilers for The Force Awakens. I know not everyone has seen it. Uh, I mean, I don't even know how many people even listen to this series that I'm doing here. Uh, and so maybe there's three people out there who listen. And, and if, if, if only three people listen and only one of those three people has not seen The Force Awakens yet, uh, I'm just going to say, go see it. If you're listening to a podcast like this, you're either going to enjoy it. Or you're going to hate it and enjoy ranting about it. Um, that's, that's all I'll say. There were some things in this issue. some Some correlations I could draw to The Force Awakens. I'm going to work really hard to make sure that I don't. So I'm not going to spoil The Force Awakens. I am, however, going to spoil a 40-year-old comic. So keep that in mind. I am going to spoil where Luke is in this comic... Uh, Well, we'll get to it. I'm going to play the sounder and and then we'll go ahead and get started with our conversation about Star Wars issue number 11. So last issue, we didn't know what had happened to, to Luke. He was off looking for a new rebel base. He sent a cryptic message that was cut off. All we knew is he was in danger. What kind of danger? We don't know. And this issue promises to let us know uh let's see where should we start let's start with our credits i I usually forget that and and then end up squeezing it in in an unnatural place this feels like a natural place star wars issue number 11 was written by archie goodwin the penciler is carmine infantino the inker is terry austin the letterer is joseph rosen the colorist is janice cohen and our cover is a pretty dynamic looking cover Uh, There is Luke Skywalker, and he's on some sort of metal raft. There's a huge wave. He's yelling at C-3PO and R2-D2 who are trying to stay on this metal raft. He says, R2-3PO, into the ship. My blaster is not stopping this thing. But Master Luke, this ship is sinking. And what is this thing that Luke can't stop? A huge, giant, dragon-like serpent that has giant sharp teeth and it says this issue the fate of luke skywalker and so i can tell you what i'm expecting from this issue i will also tell you that i'm not going to get exactly what i'm expecting out of this issue (laughs) uh we'll get to it so this issue star wars number 11 is called star search (laughs) the entertainment capital of the world, it's the 1986 competition of Star Search. With your host, Ed McMahon. And special guest tonight from Hill Street Blues, Michael Warren. And last week's returning Star Search champion, female vocalist, Teresa Henderson. TV Spokemobile champion, Karen Marie Thomas. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just... When I read... When I read that, I mean... That's that's just the first place my brain went. I mean, I don't know how many Saturday afternoons I wasted watching this stupid show. Now, granted, there were a number of people who had uh, careers that that came out of Star Search. Britney Spears is one. Uh, Kevin James is another Um, Garrett's whatever his name is from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, These are people that they went on Star Search. Because they were in Hollywood, the entertainment capital of the world. This issue of Star Wars, of course, has nothing to do with that. But I, I just had to go there because that's just where my brain took me. I'm sorry. It's written by Archie Goodwin and penciled by Carmine Infantino. Now, these two people are going to be spending a lot of time on Star Wars. We're going to be talking about their work quite a bit in upcoming episodes of Marvel's Cosmic Comics why, well, Archie Goodwin, I mean both- well, both of these guys, both of them are huge, huge luminaries in the comics industry uh they both have very long careers and very uh popular runs on on different things. This run that we're starting right now, my understanding is it is a popular run um Carmen infantino he's he has this enormous run on the flash um pun not intended but i will absolutely uh take credit for it uh so they they both are important uh people of marvel's history and and not just marvel um but but other companies as well and so this is a a big moment though in the star wars comic book uh run in that you know we we lost roy thomas we had Roy Thomas um, with doing the outline for the last issue, but then Don Glut did the script for it. But now we're back to what what really is a regular team, uh, and well, we'll we'll get into whether or not it's it's a good team. But this is just their first issue together, and that makes this a momentous occasion because they did have a lot of work together after this. And so, what do we get? Well, let's talk about the story a little bit. The cover shows Luke fighting that dragon, but we don't open with Luke fighting that dragon. Instead, we open with uh, Han Solo and and Chewie leaving the planet from last issue. And they talk together and flashback to that previous story arc as they blast into hyperspace toward Yavin base. They come out of hyperspace, though. They want to come out close, but not too close to Yavin to avoid possible Imperial ships that might be patrolling. Uh, They just happened to come out of hyperspace right next to a pirate ship. Now, this pirate ship, we've seen it before. It's Crimson Jack. And I don't know exactly how this works because my understanding is hyperspace is faster than light. And so somehow, though, Crimson Jack was able to be sitting right exactly where the Millennium Falcon is going to come out of hyperspace. They were able to do this because they are tracking the Millennium Falcon. Now, like I said, I don't exactly know how this works. If they have placed a tracer on the ship, it seems like they wouldn't know where it's coming out of hyperspace until after it's come out of hyperspace, not before. You can't just plant yourself in the path of this thing. I'm not sure exactly the science of how this works, but you know what? Star Wars isn't a science fiction. It's it's science fantasy if we really get down to it. So you got to go with it or you don't. And let's just go with it. So they come out of hyperspace right next to Crimson Jack's ship. They're taken on to Crimson Jack's ship. They banter with Crimson Jack. By they, of course, I mean Han Solo. They bluff. There's a little bit of a battle going on. And Jack realizes he's not going to get any more money out of the Millennium Falcon. That money that they they got from the planet is not much at all. Uh, The treasure that they had from before, well, that, that treasure was a nice treasure. And they were hoping for more of that kind of money. When they realize they're not going to get it, and Han Solo and and Chewie basically end up in, in more, more or less a Mexican standoff, uh, they realize that Crimson Jack has also captured Princess Leia. And so now we get into another bluffing situation where Crimson Jack doesn't know Han Solo's connection with Princess Leia. So... He bluffs and says that he planned to let Crimson Jack take them prisoner because he has a proposition. Basically, I came out of hyperspace. I saw you. I didn't run. Do you, want, you know why I didn't run? Because I need a Star Cruiser like yours because Crimson Jack flies uh, basically a, <laughs> a Star Destroyer. It looks like that they've taken and, and made into their uh, pirate ship, which is great. I mean, that's a really fun idea to play with. So, only someone with a cruiser like CJ has. Um, so we got this big job. We need you. You need the job. You need money. You want money. You love money, right, Crimson Jack? Let's work together. So Crimson Jack brings Chewie and Han, and they have dinner. And there's a woman named Jolie, or Jolly. I guess it probably, probably is Jolly, J O L L I. I guess Jolie would be J O L ie like the actress but it, that doesn't matter so solo is talking to crimson jack he's he's bluffing some more about what his plan is he he says you know i was with the rebellion but what you don't know is that this princess she's with the rebellion and what you don't know about her is that when i was with her she fell in love with me and so he goes uses that opportunity to embrace princess leia pretend like he's i guess making out with her but he's really whispering back and forth with her about i've got a plan you know the longer this bluff works the more time we're going to be able to to have and then princess leia attacks him and joins in the act uh not the way han solo would like her to but basically you know this is You're disgusting. You smuggler, you. And she knees him in the head. It's just it's not a good scene. And uh, it fits right into the plan, though. I mean, it fits right into the bluff that he's giving. He's basically saying, you know, she's in love with me and she's able to say I'm not in love with you. But then she starts giving details of where they should go to find the rebel treasury. It's in the Drexel system. But when you get there, you're gonna have to deal with Luke Skywalker. And it's clear then, you know, she's bluffing, and she's using this opportunity to get closer to the planet where Luke Skywalker has disappeared. So she's put in prison by Jolly, and they have a little bit of a women's spat, you know, where Jolly's like, how how'd you get Han Solo to, to like you like that? And Princess Leia says, you don't like Han Solo, do you? Or is it that you don't like any Corellians? And then Julia says, well, no, I I don't like men in general. They're terrible. And it's really awkward kind of (laughs) conversation that I can't imagine appearing in any kind of modern comic. But what comes out of that is we also get her flashback as she's in prison now and she's flashing back to Luke's mission and, and the transmission that he sent and that she went to go try and rescue him only to get captured right away by, by Crimson Jack. Finally, in the final four pages of the story, we get to see what happened to Luke. He has crash landed on a water world and their ship has been remain seaworthy enough to stay afloat but they're getting attacked by dragons and, and there's all sorts of you know y- you just don't want to get attacked by a water dragon when you are trying to fix your spaceship so you can you know fly away again so the dragon is going to take their ship down it's it's going to happen and it's going to happen sooner rather than later and so they they get into an escape pod and they shoot out th- with the escape pod just as the dragon drags the ship down or knocks the ship down now they're kind of out of the frying pan and and into the the fire here but then just as all hope seems lost another dragon shows up and this one has a rider on it next issue doom world so yeah let's let's talk a little bit about this issue and I, I i guess my biggest disappointment is i was really hoping to see a lot more of luke i was hoping that this would actually be about what was happening with luke and we do get that a little bit but it's not until the very end of the comic where he shows up now he does do stuff he talks a little bit and shoots and stuff and he's taking care of his droids but this Comic mainly belongs to Han Solo again. Uh, we're we're back with Han Solo. We're gonna stay with Han Solo. Han Solo is the one who's driving all of the action uh, as he's dealing with Crimson Jack. Now Princess Leia does take matters into her own hands a little bit, and and that's good. But yeah, it, I I want Luke. I want to see Luke and Han Solo and his hijinks. They're great, but I I'd like to you know have some balanced time here uh let's talk about some supporting characters too Jackson the six foot uh six foot green rabbit returns uh it's a flashback but I'm I'm wondering is this the last I've seen of him other than on variant comics for modern Marvel Star Wars comics uh the rest of the crew also appears in in flashback there then you have Crimson Jack and you don't get much of his crew in this issue uh but you do get jolly and she's this beret wearing chain smoking uh smuggler uh who hates men and as hard as nails and uh, i don't know what's going to happen with her right now she's not all that interesting of a character to me but you know she's gonna be around for this at least the story arc we'll we'll see what happens with her if she does become a more interesting character another observation i have to make here is that chewbacca is hard to draw Now, I made this complaint in some of the early issues of Star Wars about Darth Vader and Darth Vader is, don't get me wrong, still hard to draw. The difference is Darth Vader being hard to draw in this issue is just one panel of a flashback and it's just kind of a floating head kind of thing as part of a collage. Chewbacca, on the other hand, wow, I mean, don't get me wrong, he looks cool. He looks very, very cool. He's just not Chewbacca. He's got broad shoulders and he's got this, you know, wide, muscular stance as he's moving around. This is not Chewbacca from the movie. This is not the uh, large, lumbering, almost clumsy Chewbacca from the movies who, you know, kind of shuffles as he runs. No, this guy, I mean, he's the he's a Sasquatch. Uh, he's a gorilla Uh, he's this massive beast of a man which i'm saying all these things i'm just i'm describing chewbacca from the movie but it's very different what we get here even though yes you take the description of this giant hairy brown uh walking dog man and you know, you could either go with Chewbacca, we get from Star Wars. I guess you could also have uh, Bartholomew from Spaceballs, or you'll get this beast of a creature here in, in this comic. He, he's dynamic. Uh, Chewbacca, the way he's drawn here by Carmine Infantino, he is well-suited to the comic book medium, but he is very, very different. He's He does not look like a man in a suit. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, he's, he's just got this bearing of just mass and, and, he's just muscle and fur and very, very different from what we get on the screen. And I, I guess you could chalk it up as just being stylized because all of the human characters in this are stylized. Carmine Infantino, that's what he does. He does stylized and I like it. There's something very interesting about his art something that's attractive and yet not quite human and I can't quite put my finger on it and and it's not just Chewbacca it's not just his women it's not just his his men uh it's it's kind of everything all together it's just this interesting art style that I can't really put my hand on it's angular but at the same time it's there's softness to it and Ah, uh, Princess Leia, Han Solo, and Chewbacca, and Luke—all of them, even the droids too—they're on a model with each other. They're they're consistently drawn throughout the issue. You wouldn't be able to take a picture of Han Solo, you know, and and put it up next to a lineup of uh, six men who are similar in build and and hair color and age to Harrison Ford. And be able to say, yeah, I know exactly which one of these is the guy that's being portrayed here. Uh, but that's style. And and it's not bad. It's just, it's just going to take some getting used to. Now, I, I'll also say this, though. Carmen Infantino, we aren't to this issue yet. It's not this issue we're talking about here. But my first Star Wars comic was drawn by him. And it was the first time I was in kindergarten. I was, you know, 4 or 5 years old. And it was the first time I was confronted with an artistic stylistic representation of real people. Uh, you know, I had seen the Superman movie and I had seen Super Friends and and this cartoon Superman, but I wasn't looking at a cartoon Superman who was meant to be Christopher Reeve. I was looking at two different things and and then there was also the the superman uh tv show who had an even different actor and so i was looking at these you know different versions of a character this was the first time where i was supposed to be looking at a comic book and the artwork was supposed to you know be a specific actor and i i remember looking at han solo And the style was the same as what we have here. And I remember just staring at him and looking at his cheekbones and trying to figure out what's the deal here and why does he look like this? He doesn't look exactly the way that he looked when I saw him on the movie screen or when I saw him on the TV screen for the holiday (laughs) special. Uh, It just it was a new thing for a young mind to to look at and to try and figure out but as as i said before it's good you can even say it's great but it is going to take some getting used to before i'm actually gonna be able to say to myself yeah that's great and i have a feeling that i'm going to get used to it i mean they are on this for a long long time i i don't know exactly how long uh, I don't want to know how exactly how long I want that to be kind of a surprise as I'm discovering this month by month. But. And then finally, we get to Luke Skywalker, and it's a good thing he was on the cover. That gives him a fifth page he can be on for actual uh, story. Uh, I, I'm curious, though, because the cover gives it all away. There is no mystery here. What happened to Luke Skywalker? Well if you look on the cover we're just going to take that cover image and then we're going to spread it out over three and a half pages now it's no secret i'm a fan of luke skywalker i like luke skywalker and you know the type of geeky question i'm talking about where you have uh someone say you know who would you rather be or who would you rather hang out with or what's your favorite and we had this conversation i remember having it in college you know we just say superman or batman of course for me superman uh luke skywalker or han solo and for me it was always 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 luke skywalker i like han solo he's a great character and he does fun things and funny things and i'm not going to talk about the force awakens but han solo is in that and he does things in that and i liked it um luke skywalker also is in that and does things in that but uh Luke Skywalker is the one from the beginning that I latched onto. And so here I'm reading these comics and I'm just, okay, Han Solo. It's great, but we're on issue number 11. I want to see some stuff with, with Luke Skywalker, more than just a page of him saying, I'm going to go find a new base for us. And I don't, that's the other thing is his mission is to go and find a new base for the rebel Alliance. This is something That I'm reading it right now, and I'm just, oh, man, how many times did they do this? I have to force myself to to remember. This is the first time. Uh, This is the first time where they said, okay, what would they do next? They would go and look for a new base. And I don't know if this is something that came from George Lucas, because I don't know if at this point in time they knew exactly what was happening with Empire Strikes Back because they were looking at splinter of the mind's eye as a potential sequel and looking at some of the earlier drafts of the empire strikes back that come in uh, I have an annotated screenplay book that has all three screenplays for all three of the original trilogy but then also has all these different uh, notes and and fragments from earlier drafts of those screenplays and I'm trying to remember if there was a whole you know thing with the, with a the new rebel base but this is the first time and it's a natural thing to do if you're going to tell stories about this point in time for these characters and this is another thing that makes this series that we're reading here interesting this is the first time they s- tried to think logically about what would happen next with these characters after their base has been discovered but they blew up the death star so they've dealt a blow to the empire and the empire is going to have to go you know pull back and lick its wounds here but that also by doing so painted a target on the moon of yavan or uh yavan yavan yeah yeah at least i'm not getting as bad as hoth and hoth and if you listen to welcome to level 7 you know what i'm talking about and daniel i kid i kid because i love And you're like the 16th most important person to me and blah, blah, blah. Um, Daniel Butcher is who I'm talking to right now. A co-host here on on Comic Book Time Machine. So you you, you know him. Uh, You know, I love him. I appreciate him. So next issue, Doom World. And I have a feeling that we are going to be spending more time with Luke Skywalker on this water planet. And the first thing my brain goes to when I see Luke Skywalker on a water planet is that kid came from a desert planet. This is a great place to take him. I don't know if they're going to actually play with the full potential of what this great place that they're taking him to can, can give us, but we'll find out when we get there. We'll find out when we get there for now, I'm going to uh, bring this segment to a close and we'll get ready for our next segment. So until next time everyone. Thank you for listening. And Godspeed. And may the force be with you. And go see the force awakens. It's good. And if it, if you don't think it's good. You're, you're going to enjoy tearing it apart. Because I'm seeing a lot of people do that too. Thanks for listening. And goodbye. And Godspeed. And I've just put more endings on this than a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movie. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man what ifs and else worlds the six million dollar man and batman comics seven days old and seven decades old on our main feed which you can find on itunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com we'd also love it if you join us on facebook at facebook.com or on twitter where we are at comic time next episode godzilla issue number 10 godzilla versus yetrigar